Welcome to the Heavenly Mandates. We have come down from the mountain and interrupted our study of Kung Fu to review films of sundry quality for the wretched and beleaguered people of the earth. My name is Justin, the hoary urchin, and I am joined today by wise man Kellen, the drunken master. How are you doing? Well, Justin, you know, I'm, I'm feeling lucky. I feel almost lucky enough to charter a boat based on nothing more than a drawing I got on a napkin to make a movie I haven't planned yet <laughs> without any actors either. That's how lucky I feel. Wise man Josh, the deadliest of venoms is here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Bittersweet, bittersweet uh, feelings today because of this being the season finale and we're not going to have any more kaiju films after this one. Yeah. And Lady Deathstab, the Black Widow, Erica, is here. How are you doing, Erica? Well, I was going to say this is not a bittersweet moment for me. This is a super sweet. Erica's very happy to be done with the kaiju season. I feel like I've had more than enough to last a lifetime of these giant monsters. Thank you. Bye. Today we review 1933's King Kong, a Depression-era cinema classic um, filmed by Marion Cooper and Ernst Ernest Schudsack, uh, Schudsack, <laughs> Schudsack. However you want to pronounce it. The film stars Fay Ray, Robert Armstrong, Bruce Cabot, and numerous other now dead people. <laughs> Fay Ray, what a name! Is that her real name? Do you think? Probably it's a stage name. I'm just gonna guess since like Fay half Ray. of that. Half of actors had fake names name. back then. Yeah. So I would guess she might have made up a rhyming name for herself. It's probably like like Faye Reba Kausowitz or something, and they always <laughs> would change those kind of Actually, names. she was born Vina or Vina Faye Ray. Wow. Oh, yeah. so she just dropped the weird beginning one that no one would get. Got it. Yeah, middle name. Hmm. How about that? Answer, answer solved. Without further ado, let me pass the heavenly mandate over to wise man Kellen, the leader of our expedition into the mouth of the Kaiju Valley. <laughs> I came up with a really cool transition at the very end of the fucking season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have done that the whole time. It's not too late. You could always backtrack and try to insert that in every episode oh in some God. way. Um, okay. Thank you, Justin, for that adept handoff. So, um, original King Kong. The movie opens um, at the nighttime New York City Harbor, where a tramp steamer waits to transport a film crew to an undisclosed exotic location. Carl Denham, a producer-director, has caved to public demands that he make the bold choice of putting a dame in one of his films, but no such woman can be found for love or money, according to his theatrical agent. The skipper of the ship, Englehorn, and his first mate, Jack Driscoll, are introduced as old allies of Denim, but they still seem doubtful about this go. So, determined to find his lead despite all, Denim heads straight for the women's shelter, mysteriously finding nobody to fill his role, but does find the destitute beauty and Darrow at a costermonger's stall contemplating a theft. He saves it from her or saves her from it, and one rushed greasy spoon pitch later, Anne is on board the good ship Employer Negligence, and we are on our way to unknown waters. Are you telling me that New York City is full of no women or just uggos? This guy can't. This guy has to go to a, a shelter to get a lady? He's just, well, he's just creeping at the women's shelter. He doesn't try that hard not either. He's treating... just... 
his actors very well. Like, right, that's what he's known for. Is that right? That's what they say in the beginning. Is that this guy is known for going on these like exotic expeditions. He doesn't tell anyone anything, and so all these agents and their actresses are like, "No, thank you." This guy gives me Weinstein, uh, uh, toxic Harvey Weinstein yeah. vibes. Yeah, I don't know. He seemed like asexual to me. He didn't even want a woman on this ship. Yeah, he might he might be more in the the Kubrick mold of things of just like <laughs> so firmly fixed on whatever he wants that he has no interest, uh, but mm. he will do whatever he has to do. It's um, weird though that like the only reason he wants a dame in his movie is because the public wants it. Like that's such a weird thing to me. Is that was that a thing? I kind of questioned the same thing and did no follow up to find out. But I mean, mm-hmm. it still seems to be like. I think movies before this had women in them quite frequently, so it feels a little weird that his movies are implied not to have, although I think the other implication is that he's done mostly like nature documentaries or like things with about animals and exotic locations. So like, is he even used to having actors? It doesn't even seem like that's his forte. He did mention that, like they mentioned this as a love interest. So I'm like, well, where's the other actor then? Like I was very confused with this whole setup. And it only gets worse as this film progresses and we realize how is is Carl Dunham perhaps not even really a filmmaker? <laughs> because it does not appear that he knows what most of the major components of making a movie are. Um, so I will say, like, I mean, I've been very clear with my feelings toward the genre since the beginning. And no, and, no. What? <laughs> and but but like I will say this this film captured my attention right from the beginning. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this, I mean, it feels, this might sound dumb, but like, it feels like an old movie. It's from 1933. It feels like a 1933 movie. It's, I mean, it's not a foreign movie. So it's like, maybe there's a familiarity with it because I've seen a lot of classic movies. It's like, not like super low budget. So it's, you don't have to kind of forgive so much. Um, I don't know. I, I was, pleasantly surprised at how much uh, I was into it. Had I not known the plot of this movie when I when I started watching it, I would have assumed this is going to be like a kidnapping movie the way it's set up. Because <laughs> like the, the way like it comes across so creepy and strange the way he like the way they bring this lady onto a ship. It seems so malevolent in a weird way to me. Yeah, it's just, seems it's just light, light trafficking. I thought it was like yeah. Godzilla. I don't even know I mean, it was It it does feel that yes, without having prior knowledge, you'd have a hard time telling exactly what was supposed to be happening in this movie. Especially, I it was a simpler time, and as Erica says, part of its charm is that this has the old movie feel. But like, I still feel like audiences back in this day. Well, I suppose everything was kind of pre-spoiled, anyways, though, because in these days they didn't worry very much about things being surprises. Like the poster shows King Kong on top of the Empire State Building. So like, you know, something weird is going to happen in this movie, even if you didn't see a whole bunch of other stuff ahead of time about it. So you may not go in going, I wonder if she's going to be, you know, taken on this ship for some reason. Because also that probably even in pre-code Hollywood would be a little bit off color for you to make a movie about that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, it does have a lot of that, like, the old starting with some kind of like quotation or proverb or something that they allege is like their theme. I mm. 
deeply question whether this is in fact an Arabian proverb. It sounds more like a quotation from a specific book, but <laughs> I also don't Do, do you remember what... it? Because I know the first thing I noticed that this was a David O. Selznick produced film. And mm-hmm. the reason that that rings a bell is because, I mean, I love Gone with the Wind and he produced that too. And I and Gone with the Wind also starts off that way with like, you know, writing on the screen in like a fancy yeah. font, setting the stage. And I don't know if that's common or that's a little Selznick thing. And it's, I don't know if I didn't know the connection, yeah, if I would find the vibe or not. Appropriate for the era, you know. I, I think I've, I think I've seen it in other things too. Not that right. I've watched a ton of stuff like this, but I don't think that's uncommon to like state something like that ahead of time to give gravitas um but you know this interesting scene right the irony with this is that as much as i kind of like this movie it is like the worst like female pawn damsel in distress situation oh yeah oh my god oh yeah she's such a little ninny my god she is one of the original scream queens (laughs) and um also oh i forgot to also mention uh, maybe not particularly typical this time. There's just the casual mention that they have bombs on board their filming vessel that uh, has presumably been contracted by Carl Denham before because he mm-hmm. clearly knows the crew and has used their services before. And there's not much of an eye bat at the fact he's like, I brought gas bombs. I know. Just so you know. <laughs> they have a strong working relationship. They know what's up. Right. Yeah. Do you know, oh, I'm not going to tell you where we're going either. It's a, non, it's a non-union <laughs> ship. It's fine. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very, the, the steam yeah. rules for sure. And he I also. literally deeply, says, what did he say? He met some Danish guy who. Norwegian, I think, but yeah. Or, yeah. And he was like, yeah, there's this island off the coast of this place i was the only one who saw this crazy stuff everybody died and then he died or something like oh yeah but i mean nowhere. he doesn't even say that now he waits for six weeks to even tell them that crazy bit of information he got before that he's just like go that way don't worry it's fine like, i got i got a piece of toilet paper here with a, with a map on it <laughs> there's a lot of really cool things about this film that i think um i think it elevates it in ways than other films don't have because of the cultural zeitgeist and the connection. It's hard for me to connect to a Japanese kaiju film because I'm missing so much of the subtext. Mm-hmm. Or when I'm watching this, I understand certain things. Like, for example, it's kind of cool and this kind, this kind of plot can't work anymore or it just it has to be set in an entirely different world. But the idea that you could still find an island that was semi-secluded where these monsters live quickly dies. Yeah. It's already dead, basically. But by the time World War II hits, the world is going to be all over the place, and it's going to be mm-hmm. globalized in such a intimate way that's going to define history forever. Now um, that you still have yeah. this little space that this these kind of intimate, right. weird. I found a an island with right. cool big mm-hmm. shit There's, on it. it still yeah. it feels. I would awesome. say though, I don't think I'd be comfortable being a single female on a ship of men. I mean, one of the things that I thought them. about. Like, yeah, they were, but like, I mean, no, one weren't. thing. Well, well, no, I mean, Dris- I guess, Driscoll wasn't. Driscoll wasn't. So I guess what I mean is like they didn't like gang rape her. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but like, sure, oh. fine. Hey, we'll give, we'll give hey, them credit for you not. You got to think that. about these things. But one thing that dawned on me is like he couldn't get any actress. Like maybe let her bring a friend, right? Like bring a person, like another female, for her to have like with her. That might have gotten you an actress, you know. A maid, a maiden waiting, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, 
I I feel like this follows the also old school conventions of film where there are just tons of blank spaces left behind and you can choose to fill them in or not. I mean, we don't even know for any reason why he can't actually get a lead actress. We don't know how any of this was set up. We don't well, understand I mean, but why. They, but they say that because he's got a bad reputation of like not taking care of his crew and going to these mysterious places with no explanation of where they're going, how long they're going for. Like, I can, I can understand ended. it. Yeah. I mean, they don't go to specifics, but that's the idea is he's, you know, careless with his actors. Let's discuss the simmering romance that is Jack Driscoll <laughs> and, and Daryl on board the steadiest ship we've ever seen committed to film. Okay. It's, just, it's like, He's like this hard, hard-boiled detective without all the charm or like broodingness. It's just a weird. It's like all the <laughs> ugly misogyny without all the other interesting character things that go wrong. With None it. of the things that make that a compelling story. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he is the worst. I mean, oh my god! Like he comes on, she's she. I don't say she's kidnapped, but like she's basically homeless and starving, but she's pretty. So he's like. Don't worry, I'm not feeding you because I'm being nice. I need you. I think she's kind of kidnapped. She's a, there's a little kidnappy in this. <laughs> it's light I mean, trafficking. It's yeah, <laughs> and you know, but and then so they, she's doing them a solid, right, by being in this movie. And this guy, who's I don't know what what is he, the first mate or something? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, he's the, like yeah, women. the first the first like, mate. I don't like women on ships. He's like, they're just a nuisance. And she's like, I'll try not to be a bother. Fuck that! You know, fuck <laughs> off, dude. I'm the whole goddamn reason we're here. So you can shove it up your ass. You know, this is where I'm like, ah, oh, stop being a little ninny. You know, but and she just picks up all the shit he's putting down, and then he has the nerve to be like, well, if you were my woman, I wouldn't let you be here. Well, thank God for that, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I wonder why you're freaking incel. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they had played upon the idea that like women are traditionally bad luck at sea and that became Which is what I just that's yeah. such a thing that I just am like that's what he's referring to. He's referring yeah. to like women sink ships or something yeah. like that. That's a well, thing. well that's yeah, that's a big that's technically mermaids. I mean yeah. but but then you could have had like a, a a a flirty romance because she does get them into a lot of trouble later on, and that could have been this interesting like romance. I want to write this as a romance, or or movie. like she discovers that he has some like dark side, and then she like mm-hmm. try, wants to save him because yeah. guess he's a broken man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's got to be well. Yeah, he's well, got very few redeeming qualities. Or she's very quir- she's very quirky, but also kind of crazy but cute. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. She's a manic pixie dream yeah. flapper. Manic pixie dream <laughs> flapper. <laughs> That's just what this film needed to make it different than it. I love least. how you said that she gets him into trouble later, as if that was her choice. Hey, he, didn't, he decided. He decided quite clearly to fall in love with her. So yeah. then it's her fault that he yeah. had to go Plus, rescue her. Erica, aren't you all about victim blaming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> <what I thought. laughs> Uh, various stereotyping and casual bigotry are exchanged on the six-week voyage. Denham finally reveals to the very credulous skipper their destination, an uncharted island in the East Indian Ocean, mapped from the described memory of a soul-raving survivor castaway, at least as reliable as Fox News. There, <laughs> Kong is, reveal- is rumored to live, an ambiguous legend that somehow most of the gringos present have also at least heard of. And... Uh, 
And at last, Anne begins her screen tests with costumes she herself selected, as one does, while being 1930s style wooed by Driscoll. Now, dear, Justin Howard wasn't that bad in the 30s. His effort, uh, oh, that's pretty bad. Uh, they land, they approach and land on the island, unnamed at this point, to the sound of ominous drums. A native ceremony is interrupted by their intrusion, and the islanders try to buy Anne off of Denim. Rebuffed, the problematic cultural depictions sneak aboard the ship at <laughs> night and kidnap Anne to sacrifice to the revealed super ape, Kong. Wow, you're Jack, going real fast. Yeah, don't, don't worry, we're going to cut back. Jack, Denim, and, and uh, the unnamed Kong fodder crewman affect a rescue attempt beyond the wall the natives defend. Out this, to me. This island is interesting. Yeah. I really liked it. I mean, yeah, when you go in and they've got how did you say problematic depictions of the local culture <laughs> who are literally yeah. what like black people dressed as apes jumping yeah. around around a fire and hooting and hollering and like Ooh. it's, uh, it's, it's it a little age well. no. yeah <laughs> but they, no, they never actually call wall. this skull island in this movie right i believe they call skull mountain the central feature but i believe it's not until son of kong where they officially name mm. the island skull island because yes it's never said by any characters within the movie it's wait, 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 Son of Kong, there's sequels to this? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, buddy, yeah. are there Are there ever? Carl Denham goes back to the island in the sequel to <laughs> oh try to catch, a, to catch a second Kong, I think. So, and it's son the son. Kong posits that there must have been a female Kong and they a, a, a wife of Kong. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, these things would never work on any kind of biological scale, given their think size. The possibilities. The limitations. <laughs> Biological limiting factors on such an island preclude the existence of creatures like this. But yes, the idea is they should be a self-sustaining species anyways. So yeah, there's there's more than one. There's probably some cut uh, claymation or whatever this is of like two monkeys doing it. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could find it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's where don so, donkey, so our current donkey scene, dong. Right? <laughs> yes. The women depicted in this film, right? So they're they're doing this weird like ritual and you find that they're like sort of preparing this young girl which we're learning to be sacrificed and covering her in flowers and stuff but then they see this like random blonde woman i assume they've never seen a white woman before so she's a novelty and they immediately want her they literally and then this is where like there's a lot of cringeworthy moments but like they're like we'll give you six of our women for her yeah well like i mean the women are such a commodity and it's a whole thing i mean it is what it is but like they're like no that's not going to happen thank you and then the <laughs> kidnapping occurs and um and then the, yes as you said they present her they, the, the, did we just talk about this big wall like yeah let's yeah dive into that a little has a massive wall which they reference briefly on the ship is that these people live behind a big wall because they need it and so they're doing this big ritual and then they open up the wall and they put now they replace their own woman with Anne and she's like tied to this pedestal kind of thing and they lock her out. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be very weird to think of any of this stuff if you didn't already know the story. Because like mm -hmm. we know what all the major beats are. We already know what's going to happen. But, uh, I don't know. I didn't. Not really. I mean, but in general terms, you know, there's a big monkey on the other side of the wall, and that's what they're 
tying her up mm-hmm. to give to. Yeah. So like some of the mystery of that element is completely lost by the modern audience. But I do get confused what the point of all this. I'm not sure that the conversation is now or after we talk about what happens, but I'm not sure what well, is it, supposed it, to happen <clears throat> and how often the ceremony happens. Yeah, there's quite a bit of ambiguity about how exactly mm-hmm. this culture functions and what this ceremony is supposed to do precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, appeasing the gods type thing or? sort of thing right yeah. but like in what way does it do so and so on and so forth it was the first jurassic park it is effectively i know i thought we're the about, same thing as we're about i mean it, it's a lost world narrative which is really yeah. made by sir arthur conan doyle of sherlock holmes fame he was the first one to write a story where people discover a lost world in the literal sense of a place mm-hmm. where extinct like, I animal i didn't know that inc- part about the movie actually the captain was saying that the language was similar to these people that were off the island of oh. sumatra yeah so these, well they these, are supposed these, to be these would be like indonesian type uh like an indonesian type tribe it feels well, like it's supposed to be near southeast asia Polynesia pro, he says that they're west they are they're in the indian ocean west of sumatra so you are at a bit of an ancient crossroads as far as or uh, it could be like sea- Sentinel, Sentinel Islanders. <laughs> is that, is, that perfect. The place, is that the place where the missionaries went? The missionaries yeah, yeah, went? yeah, yeah. Like, Who people are, are like scared to go there because these islanders will kill anybody that <laughs> comes close. Kong is probably actually on that island. Well, they're just they're just making sure nothing gets out. Then yeah, that's they're they're being homies. If anything, <laughs> like don't come here. There's fucking big ass monkeys. Yeah, you will. There, you will upset dinosaurs. Yeah, you will upset the natural order. Chaos theory. Will we're saving. Effect. We're saving y'all from Jurassic World here. Okay. So yeah. Um. Let's. Oh yeah, that, that was movie. the other thing. No, let's pause. Let's make that movie. That would be so <laughs> dope ass movie to watch. If if that's the if that's what happens as a result. Okay, that's. I mean, that's one of many films we have to make now. I think, <laughs> given what we have committed to. They also, they also, however, I will say, for having been stunned by the fact that there's a, a white blonde woman there, they are remarkably unfazed by the appearance of these white people. These rainbows <laughs> like show, just show up on their shores and are like trying to film them committing their ceremony, which Denim somehow thinks they're going to do without being noticed. And it's like, oh, they saw us. Yes, Carl. You He's were standing. standing you you are standing right there <laughs> filming them. So yes, they saw you. But they're like, oh, hey. What's up? What are you doing? Oh, cool. Uh, we happen to speak a language your captain speaks. That's convenient for this narrative. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, how does he know about this? He's never even heard of this place. But then, oh, like, no, oh. he, he knew that language that uh, of the someone off of Sumatra, Sumatra. Yeah, and so it just I, happened to be the same one. Someone really should have done the research. I didn't even look to see if they like picked some Sumatran language, and we're like, we're going to use this one, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if they thought that deep. I don't either, but there's weird parts of this movie that feels like they did think deeper than I would have expected them to. So I'm willing to say there's other possible times when they might have. Yeah. Also, did they um when they kidnapped Anne, did they like knock her out or drug her or something? There's like almost no. no they, just, they just covered her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> when they got so lucky that they came up over the ball bulkhead or over the gunwale exactly right exactly where she was. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she is incredibly unlucky given Nailed that something yeah. similar happens later in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
A now predictable but probably revolutionary at its time, series of creature attacks ensue as the heroes discover that the unnamed island is rife with prehistoric relics, universally murderous ones. All of the party die, but for our named leads, naturally, due to monster-related complications. Kong finishes off a T-Rex in an iconic fashion, and through tenacity, Driscoll manages to spirit Anne away while the ape is distracted with yet another fight, but they are followed back to the Islander's village, where a rampage ensues. But Denim luckily scores a hit with a gas bomb to knock Kong out and make the abductor the abductee. I think if you had just cut the film so that you see her getting kidnapped, you don't need the front half of the film because who really cares why she's getting kidnapped and just left this <laughs> in the film. This would have been a super, super top 10 dope-ass film. It's just really cool at this point. Um, you mean it just starts with it starts with the the ta- the ceremony? That's the yeah, beginning of the movie? It's really funny, like all these scenarios where in a rescue effort to save one person, like they lives, lose so many lives, so die. many lives. Yeah, it's like you just is this it off. worth it? But I guess this is why you don't save women. This is why you don't bring women on ships. Right. Look. Look yeah, what happens. I guess so. I guess so. Half of that blatantly expendable crew you brought along dies. Um. Yeah. This by the level of like violence. Yeah. Yeah, and you can tell it's pretty. You can tell it's pretty code in this respect, <laughs> even though it's pretty obvious. Just like puppets, dolls, yeah, and I mean, mannequins not, getting thrown really around. But still, they they killed a lot of people. They did. And, this whole thing um, is so interesting, though, because Kong comes by and like, you what would you assume? You know, with some kind of sacrifice, you assume that he's gonna eat her or something, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just picks her up and takes her away, and. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing with this whole situation because it's like, well, if he's not going to eat her, and and the thing is, all of that tribe is watching what goes down. Like they know how this works. So what did they think happens to all mm-hmm. these women that get sacrificed? How frequent is this? And I mean, then I thought, you know, they I think they called like when they originally when they were preparing that girl, they called her the bride of Kong. But yep. like this thing is like a hundred times her size. Like if we're gonna go through anything gross like that, it's I mean, I, good it's God, gonna I, work. I wasn't going to. So <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. Oh well, I'm not the only one. I mean, when they talk about oh. the pre-code stuff, they talk about like themes of like bestiality and things. But um, <laughs> or can't wait for like it. allusions yeah. to that. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's like because you. So it's just weird to me. Like, what is? what is going on here if this is a regular occurrence well um, i mean i guess you could interpret it that way which would be the worst possible way actually <laughs> now that i think about it perhaps what makes this scenario different and that has another story well i don't know how far to jump ahead in this but like no, no I mean, what <laughs> there's only like there's only like maybe half an hour, 40 minutes of the film left. So how far ahead would you jump? Well, I guess I just say, maybe like he does like normally eat all of the sacrifices but because she looks Good. so yeah. different. I mean, so much they talk about this film is how beautiful she is and how it's beauty that, you know, that beauty that the killed beast. the beast. Yeah. Beauty that mm-hmm. killed the beast. So maybe this isn't what's normal. And maybe he just, falls in, in some kind of love with her because he's so beautiful to her and he's never seen anything like it. Yeah. Maybe that's why this that's, is different. 
Close Kong is adorable. Yeah. Those, is. those facial close-ups. Yeah. My heart was melting. <laughs> he looks like Harry and Harry and Anderson. That's because we decided that's what humanoid apes are gonna are always did, gonna uh, look like. Did people like the T-Rex fight? Oh yep, that was yeah. that was one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, as a kid, this was my favorite section of the movie, no matter what. And mm-hmm. I just my first memory of it is the Brontosaurus attack. That's my, yeah. to, in my in my mind, that's actually where the movie began is, although I did not remember them being on a raft when it started. For some reason, I thought they were on the ground already when the attack began. Well, but I that's, didn't realize it, they were like actual dinosaurs. I mean, I guess I can understand like a remote island that has like larger than life animals in general, but I was mm-hmm. like, what, dinosaurs? And no one's heard of this before? I mean, there was a no. brontosaurus, there was a pterodactyl, a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, if he is King Kong, I mean, I guess because he killed the T-Rex, he gets to wear that title, but that seems like a recently established thing, you know? <laughs> Kong isn't special, then why does he get the sacrifice? Or is it a general sacrifice to the whole jungle and Kong is just the one that shows up I think, that day? I think that's more that he's the most, quote unquote, reasonable or relatable of the creatures of the island and the most intelligent. So he's the one who probably the, the natives... Uh, feel the most kinship towards or like he's the most easy to appease whereas like mm. this isn't the Tyrannosaurus isn't going to get anything so like yeah. let's just let's stick to the ape <laughs> which is usually I mean we have to stress the fact that like they've turned every dinosaur into a carnivore which is obviously not true but <laughs> <laughs> this, also this whole sequence also, is like basically the 1930s version of primal rage the video game yeah yeah awesome also they have (laughs) awesome but makes no well it's very redundant i was thinking though with that ceremony i i I mean i don't think that there's any way king kong can see that ceremony so it was probably just for the villagers to maybe mentally justify that they're about to give up one of their own you know true which is definitely a quality of human culture when we have sacrifice or like giving away of people we always have to build up some sort of mythos or thing about Mm -hmm. it that's why it's always with with our white northern people it's always like fairies or something like well it's fine we're giving them the fairies i guess (laughs) or something like that we're gonna make you really pretty obviously now the special effects are very dated in this but for its time yeah quite quite revolutionary quite ahead of its time it was pretty how did they make kong it's two different uh, things. I mean, this is all Ray Harryhausen, who's like the preeminent special effects man of the time. So it's mostly just differing scales of stop motion animation with a puppet that gets mm-hmm. moved in between each frame. And then you've got like your long shot version. So he's big against right. your models. And then you've got a close up version that's probably like human size. Where mm-hmm. you Wait, why everything. do you need stop animation if it's a puppet and not like clay? It's still a puppet. It's just not a puppet that you control. With well, strings. Clay would be stop animation as well. It would right. be different than like the original Godzilla in that it's not a person. It's not a person in a suit, right? Yeah. Oh, or um, or a puppet that, that they're actively operating. Yeah, and because of that, even oh, so they're like no matter how well you do it, it still it. has this like uh, they're post- quality to it. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason that you never see Kong in the or you very rarely see him in the same shot as the humans is because they're shooting him stop motion. So every frame is them pausing the reel, going out, moving him a quarter inch, shooting a single frame, going back, moving him another frame. God, that's, that sounds horrible. Oh, it's, I mean, Josh, <laughs> you, 
Josh, you've even done this, and it sounds like the most tedious process I've done, in the world. I've done world. it for like shorter stuff before, and it's really tedious. I just yeah, don't like I, why you'd want to do this to yourself. I love, I like it's it's brilliant animation. Like Kong has character; he has a personality, and it's like it comes out and it's somewhat petulant. And it's I think it's really cool that they're able to capture that kind of expressiveness mm, sure. in a medium that's still basically in, in its infancy. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like a puppet's face. But yeah. it, is a, it is a clay puppet, but you accept that it is a character and not yeah. just a special yeah. effect, which is a, a pretty he's big achievement, his, especially he's got his, by... like goofy, toothy grin. It's yeah. like, he's, he's adorable. He's a little buddy. <laughs> when he's not eating you or... <laughs> Also feels kind of, uh, it always happens in these movies, but kind of superfluous that they try to like shoot him or huck spears at him with like standardized weapons just feels like you you know that's not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to feel any of that, arguably. He probably doesn't even get pierced by any of those projectiles. So (laughs) your retreat is your best, is your absolute best move. Uh, But as we said, somehow Carl Dunham mans the score a direct hit with the Biggest handheld smoke grenades you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) Uh, Back in New York City, we cut ahead. Broadway prepares to unveil Kong to the world. Unfortunately, the flashbulbs of the press corps enrage Kong at the unveiling, enough that he breaks his bonds and begins spreading chaos through New York. Through sheer luck, he finds and takes Anne once more from a skyscraper window. Taking to the Empire State Building... Don't forget, though, I I hate to interrupt you, but... Um, the great scene where he gets the woman that he thinks is Anne and realizes oh. it's not her and then just <laughs> you drops can, her out of it. <laughs> you, can, you can delve right back into that one. <laughs> Taking to the Empire State Building via an inherent sense of the dramatic, Kong makes his last stand against a squadron of fighter biplanes suggested by Driscoll, which succeed in bringing the beast very, very low. But yeah, let's go back. Gosh, yeah, it's pretty rough for that one random female. <laughs> I had no idea what happened. What's the quarantine process for a King Kong? Like, you can't bring animals oh, I mean, to the country after four I mean, years. that's if we if we ignore the fact that somehow we're going to keep an ape this size sedated, restrained, <laughs> transfer it onto a cargo vessel, feed it, dispose of its waste, all these things during a six let's be charitable, probably two month voyage now because of drag, you're still going to, there's an import license for something like that. Yeah. You can't just go you're back like, into New York. Uh, what, what do you want to hear? <laughs> well, cause like, I was just wondering how they're going to, I don't have, I had no idea how they brought him back at all. Like, where are you putting it? How did he last? So long? <laughs> it, was, it was unclear. <laughs> it's, it's telling that almost every single King Kong movie skips this part <laughs> there's never <laughs> there is never a direct explanation or depiction of how exactly one goes about moving him because no matter what it is it never would really work in, in reality so they always just conveniently fade to black and then it's always new york city or wherever they need kong to be next for the narrative purposes and boom there he is i mean you could hypothetically at this scale that they show him, it's not impossible to do it mm-hmm. by modern by their modern technology. But still, like it, it feels like you wouldn't have the manpower possible to achieve it, anyways. The gods, the Godzilla like sized version, you know, inconceivable. Not, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. But luckily, in that movie, they cut away 
And then when they come back, he's just in a giant cargo net being held aloft by 20 helicopters. And we don't have to question how we got in that net. <laughs> well, it's this terrible judgment to bring it to the most, one of the most built up cities in the country. <laughs> It's like, why not Florida or, you know, like or the other parts of the country where like you could have it not run a rampage. You mean at least places where you could see where he goes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you could probably bring him to LA or something. It would be a lot safer than the tallest also, city in America. <laughs> also true. I didn't really think they have to go like all the way up and wait, is Panama Canal exists at yep. this point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Up to the Panama Canal. Not as far as going around South America, but still not exactly mm-hmm. a brief voyage either. Also, wait, do they really claim they make that entire voyage? Hmm, I'd, I'd be curious to see what the science has done that. They get from <laughs> they get from New York City to the to the Indian Ocean in six weeks. Seems quick. <laughs> that seems relatively quick for this technology. But all right, sure, that's fine. Erica, are you afraid of a big gorilla monster pulling out of your bedroom? Like Man, randomly without warning? So, is that, that, is that a on, relationship deal breaker? Or, um... <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, when that all was going on, I actually had quite a lot of thoughts. Um, so, you know, he was on stage in this theater, right? And he breaks free. Everybody runs out of the theater. And my thought was like, just stay put. You know, he's leaving. You just stay where you are. <laughs> just hang out in the corner. Why are y'all running? And um, and then yeah, and then so she. There, there would be bed. one guy that'd be like, "I'm not leaving." No. I mean, that'd be me. I'm the person on the plane that when everybody rushes up to go, I'm just sitting there. Or when a when a performance ends, I stay in the theater and wait for them all to leave and the in the, the parking time. lot to leave. Why are we rushing to wait there? But um, yeah. So he goes on his rampage. He starts looking at all these buildings, and she walks into her bedroom and literally just was like. Just stay here, saving your bed. I'm with you. And like 10 seconds later, Kong gets extremely lucky and literally <laughs> raises his answer. You know, like, oh my God. I want to see the thousand other hand grabs. What happens to those ladies before he gets to the <laughs> They all got person. dropped. Uh, this was probably left in the original cut because it's just an animal, not a human. But I distinctly remembered that like they would never show Kong falling off of the building because of how brutal that would actually be. Mm-hmm. But they totally do, and you see him like bounce because the Empire State because the Empire State Building is a tiered building. It's not one continuous structure, yeah, yeah. so like he has to like skip off of the building to get all the way to the ground, even though he probably would just like end up lodged on one of the sub levels of it. Mm-hmm. And would would King Kong just be pulp when he got to the bottom? I don't know exactly how physics work because I'm not a scientist, but it feels to me like he would just be a very big wet splatter on the ground and not really messy. yeah not really like a recognizable ape <laughs> it would it would be moist at the bottom that's what she said but credit, credit to the filmmakers that when kong dies you're not actually really that happy yeah. no you know it's there's somewhat tragic True. There, there are. They do at the last moment try to insert some moments of pathos that yeah. oddly do work to the extent it's possible in this scenario for that to work. Of maybe it's not like a human type of empathy you're, in, mm-hmm. you're invoking. You know, what my is, thought what when like... he, you know, when when Kong dies and 
the police catch up with Durham, who's right next to him. And my thought is, okay, time to arrest this fucker. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's insured. It's fine. A giant, you know, creature to New York City, who then wreaked havoc on like the biggest city in the United States, killed how many people, destroyed how many buildings, and they just look at him as he says, "It's beauty that killed the beast." Well, fuck you, dude. You know, your ass killed a lot of other things. You know? No one wants to watch the civil suit part of this film where he's getting sued for... In Kong 2, it's just a courtroom <laughs> drama. Yeah. Long litigation that goes over decades. He's <laughs> um, like, I just, declares bankruptcy <laughs> to avoid having to pay out. He's the Alex <laughs> Jones of uh, this period. <laughs> Oh, it's just weird. Like the the monkey was fucking chilling. He, he like he was getting human snacks on the reg. No one was bothering him. He was fighting other dinosaurs. He was living the best possible life until human these bitch ass the <laughs> until these bitch ass humans come take him to another city, scare him to, like scare him to death, and then like he, he dies. He doesn't know what's going on. Like yeah. he has no idea where he is. <laughs> legitimate panic that's that's a total reaction I, an animal would have i am pissed off at what we did <laughs> to, this, to this creature <laughs> and it's probably like, a, what, let's a say rare like, they too. let him go and didn't kill him or try to kill him what are they gonna do with them take him back yeah i would isn't that the whole premise of one of the jurassic park movies where like yeah it's just it's totally a jurassic park argument <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> If we had just left them alone, it would have been fine. But yeah. no, we had to take them. We can't. We cannot leave them alone, though. No, we absolutely yeah. can't. That's not our nature. But <laughs> it was still. Yeah. I mean, this Kong at least was malicious, not malicious, but destructive yeah. enough yeah, that it sure. was kind of justifiable. But uh, he didn't know what was going on. Like, no, I mean, which is usually the new environment, which is almost always like that's a justifiable angle. Like you put a wild animal that's has no concept of what's going on into a very stressful place. Um, and then you then you blame the animal. It's victim blaming. Right. This is right. a trafficked just, animal. Yeah. No, it's um, it's Harambe all essentially, it's, it's Harambe. It's, yeah. It's actually like actually that's that I didn't mean that I meant that as more of a joke, but actually that's a relatively good <laughs> metaphor. That's a good metaphor to use for this. And Denim has some man in the yellow hat characteristics here, I think. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely man not... in the yellow from Curious George. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's an animal trafficker. Yeah, I he definitely caught a monkey in his hat. Like, like that's wrong. I haven't thought about that in years. Curious well, George. About it now. I have You're never cu- had an opinion on that guy. <laughs> Whether Curious, Curious George... George is a trafficked animal. Yeah. Okay, are you ruining this for me? Oh, yeah. it's it should be ruined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My son loves Curious George. I've read so much Curious George now in my life. Mm-hmm. I, it's I love this. I love it so much. If he's a human, yeah, trafficker, I mean, it's good. Know, but it, it, he is a trafficked animal. Is that how it opens? He just finds this monkey. Oh, he's pulling the monkey yeah. from a, a mother, just ripping it out of her arms. <laughs> Wait, is that a joke? No, that's real. It's, the man in the yellow hat. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not a good guy. Like the monkey mom is in a cage and he's just like kicking it back into the cage. And <laughs> curious George out. Yeah, just how, planet, George out. just how Planet of the Apes begins too. <laughs> so you know my thought with all this is like I really didn't know where this was going and um, you know clearly when he picks her up and he picks you know and takes her with him 
everywhere and just keeps like holding on to her like a toy. Like he's clearly he's not, you know, I think maybe from a modern poster, I got the sense that he was more like infatuated with her or whatever mm -hmm. the equivalent is. And mm -hmm. I'm just wanting to see where that would go. Like he's not going to hurt her. We don't think at that point. No, so no. I was really hoping that she might like tame him and maybe learn to communicate and they become like best friends. And she maybe stayed, you know, ditches that piece of shit fiance she picks up and like has a happy, like, you know, non-creepy, but like friendship with Kong and lives in the Well, jungle. then I, I, I highly recommend you watch the Peter Jackson version of the film then because they thought the exact same way you do. Like that oh, is the really? story. That I mean, it still ends with. Did you just oral. give me a spoiler after I gave myself? It's, a spoiler? it's not a spoiler. No, <laughs> it's no. Every, <laughs> they just they just took the angle that exactly that angle with the story being like she and he actually form a bond. So I'm watching this film. I get to the end, and I'm not quite sure what the film wants me to mm -hmm. take away from it. Take away, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's so ephemeral and like the beauty and the, the, the beauty of the beast seems almost tacked on it seems like it has this weird racial message but it, my understanding but of what is it it isn't that especially given the context so what is that i i don't know i, I think the same is this i mean if i your entertainment and if that's the case i love it but i i, right. I felt very like what am i missing here when i'm at the end of it but it does, you know, no, it does, I, it does feel I, like it has a message of some kind at the yeah. same time. You know, so when I think about the message, it's like a terrible one because the, <laughs> his famous ending line is, you know, it's truly beauty that, that killed, killed the, the beast. beast. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, right? If it was like a modern, you know, more feminist movie where it's actually the damsel that rescues herself or she does turn into the person who steps in instead of all these, especially men are trying mm -hmm. to, you know, well, violence with violence or their answer to dealing with this creature is to destroy him and she comes in and says no and through her nature find a di diplomatic way to deal with it i mean that's a message mm -hmm. but she's yeah. a fucking ninny and she's from the very beginning she's all about being beautiful that's the only reason she's selected she just lets all these guys just walk all over her she's the ultimate damsel which is so annoying all she does is scream and faint she just throws okay. it like it's ridiculous. And she's she kind of the prototype. Anything. She's like the prototype she in is, film but for it's like that. She did nothing. Like, you know, no, she has very little message? agency. Very it's, little it's, exactly, agency. Exactly. So for them, it, basically what they're saying is like she's just so pretty that like that's all you need, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You want to fuck up a big gorilla's brain? Be pretty. That's that's gonna do it. That's gonna be yeah. your thing. No, it's it is. Yeah, it it feels like one of those movies, especially from that long ago, where you're like, it can just be pure entertainment. Like, there's no, for the mm. most part, film is still a new medium, especially mm. feature length film. Like, yeah, I might have a thing or two to say occasionally, but the idea that it has some kind of big overarching message seems a little far reaching for its time. Yeah, and the fact this that it's about as much as I enjoy it's monsters yeah. more than Godzilla. Godzilla had really interesting it did. And subject matter. Sure, yeah, yeah. Now let's rank this film on the heavenly mandate ten stones of celestial harmony scale. This ancient scale, dating back to the founding of the Han Dynasty, has been used by the sages of the Wudang Mountains to pursue pursue earthly and spiritual excellence for millennia. On this scale, films jump from one stone to the next 
along a path towards nirvana and the cessation of all worldly suffering. The best films will reach the tenth stone of enlightenment, while the worst films will trip upon the first and face reincarnation as the multi-use condom you found in your mom's bedroom. That's a new <laughs> add-on. Where the hell did that come from? Average films will reach the fifth stone and reincarnate as Nick Cage as a random Nick Cage product. Um, collect your chi and rank this film. I think this rating has become increasingly ridiculous, which, which is good. Which is good. Can't, can't argue with it too much. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this one five stones. Um, I think it's probably more important in the history of cinema as what it was. Um, as a fun adventure movie with some very awesome cutting edge special effects. And in some ways, one of the first kaiju movies. Um, but if you compare it to a movie that came, you know, 20 years later, Godzilla, you know, it doesn't have the same heart or the same emotional uh, underpinning. It doesn't have the same philosophical themes um, as, as that later film. Um, but I think it's it's an important precursor film. And in many ways, it was fun. Uh, I struggled a bit to find the appropriate poem for this one to wrap things up. But I ended up settling on a poem called King Kong that I think was not too serious, uh, was fun and kind of, um, you know, spirit of the moment, um, uh, a good like summer theme kind of thing. Um, oh, no. So we're gonna we're gonna end this with uh, King Kong, by the poet Nasi Fesharaki. There are times that I feel like King Kong. I stand, look around, take steps, want to walk. Well aware, I know that under feet I crush laws and rules, beauties and standards. There will be no canon, no Pushkin, Shakespeare. No Mozart or Elvis or Bob Dylan. I will crush heads of faiths, Abraham to the Pope, Mahatma and Guru and Warhol. Not sure how he got in there, but um, there, will be, <laughs> there will be no style for the hair, lipstick. No dress, no fashion, Monroe, Kim. We will be like pigeons and parrots. We will be the tigers, coyotes and lions. How I wish my dream of King Kong was true. I would be undressed as when born and others, all of us in caves, no textile, synthetic, wool or hair. To be warm, we would live closer, touch skin. For cooling the creeks and the rivers under the trees. Let's unite, make tribe of King Kong. Eat greens and fruits, herbs, so on. Set fire to the rules, politics and the laws. Ignore all, ignore all, ignore all. Let's unite as mankind and be one. Be natural as, as we were born, as we will die. This uh, person doesn't sound very fun. It sounds boring <laughs> as well. I know. <laughs> well, okay. Like clothes are a good thing. It keeps us warm longer. <laughs> yeah, art and culture and paintings oh, and plays and fashion. I'll keep those. Thank you. Like, Nope, it's all a facade. Hey, hey, have you facade. met? Have you met humanity? You really want to join that? Team? <laughs> <laughs> People are like accusing me of using this poem. <laughs> go after, go after Nashi Fekaraki. <laughs> I know that's your pseudonym, Josh. <laughs> uh, 
I can go next. Okay. On you go. <clears throat> J.R.R. Tolkien famously defended escapist literature as being vital to the human soul. In his essay on fairy story, he wrote, quote, Why should a man be scorned if, finding himself in prison, he tries to get out and go home? Or if, when he cannot do so, he thinks and talks about other topics in jailers and prison walls, end quote. It is the wellspring of hope. We must first imagine something better. In an era where hunger, poverty, alienation define American life on a day-to-day -day basis, racial violence routinely occurs, and lynchings were co are still uh, common, uh, where economic crisis and mass delusion march the world towards unpre unprecedented violence, King Kong reminds us that nothing really changes. <laughs> 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 it's good to know uh, that we can still watch Wait, monsters. Tolkien wrote that? That the, the no, <laughs> just the quote I said. Oh, the quote. The quote. Where the did quote you is, find that? The quote is over at this point. Yeah. I, okay. okay. <laughs> Tolkien got real about American politics. Um, <laughs> um, it's good to know that we can still watch monsters fight other monsters and forget for a little while. I give this film six stones out of seven. This film will eventually reincarnate as Anne Hathaway. She represents. She, she's well respected, <laughs> but no one really likes her. Maybe I should. <laughs> I like Anne. My other option was maybe Tywin Lannister. Um, I okay. can go unless you want to go. No, on you go. Um, okay. So I'm gonna give a. Now that I've, I, I don't know. You guys have convinced me of your way. It's between where you are. What if Kellen goes next, then Erica, and Erica, you can use your response yeah. to lead into the. Yeah, the I'll do that. That's that a good sense? call. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Great. I'm glad we sorted that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I desperately searched to find any sort of lyrical content uh, that I could reference to properly encapsulate something about this film, whether it be the film itself or my thoughts thereof, but I could not. I wanted to really use some lyrics from Go Tell Em by Vic Mensa from the Birth of a Nation uh, Nat Turner story, because there's a lot of that, uh, well, in that case, very overt, but trying to sublimate that uh, racial element of the movie that we talked about as maybe being there, but I couldn't find an apt verse that really could capture that idea. So I'm going to skip it, but everyone, okay, should, thank you for but that. everyone should listen to that. So everyone should listen to that song anyways. Um, there was also a whole separate rapper I went into, but his stuff got way too complicated. Uh, so what I'm going to say is I will give this movie six stones and this is a negotiation of both childhood me's love for King Kong and most kaiju movies and most dinosaur movies, which probably would have given this a nine and a half. And then my modern sensibilities that are like, as much as I can respect a classic and understand its significance in the history of the genre and what it did for special effects, et cetera, it's only like a four, really. So I'm going <laughs> to give it a happy medium of those things. It is not enlightened, but it has not yet slipped into the waters of oblivion. It does not deserve to be downgraded in its reincarnation to something that uh, effectively becomes a racial stereotype in a 1920s film. Oh, that's very short and sweet. Or less sweet, I guess. Short and bitter. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah you what know you got, I think, Erica? yeah i think i don't have a whole lot else to add i basically i'm in line with you guys so i'm gonna go with five and a half you should be a little non-committal um because yeah especially like what josh is saying like um or, or you guys have always been there's just not a lot of like depth to it but i have to say like i did enjoy watching this like i you know out of the difficulty of this whole season i was pleasantly surprised to like see something that just felt like a nice old movie that had actually a very cool island I hadn't seen before with dinosaurs and like different tribes and stuff and it was interesting I loved the movie aspect like the Hollywood aspect um so that like the story was just more interesting to me even though it was a very shallow story so um yeah that's what I'm gonna go with the the five and a half so swipe left Mm, no, that's that's like a very slight swipe right. <laughs> One, two, three with your palms. Straight up. <laughs>